Hi, welcome to Meta Minute, your bite-sized pieces of the Metaverse. My name is Rene from Reply, and today we're going to talk about digital humans. And for this, I'm honored to have a special expert guest and colleague, Sasha Patashifard. Ciao, Sasha. Come stai? Fine, thank you. How are you? I'm also doing great because uh, I can talk with you today. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background as it relates to you know all things uh, 3D, digital humans, metaverse, AR, VR, what have you? Design, of course. For sure, for sure. So uh, yeah, I work as a user experience designer in uh, Infinity Reply, and um, uh, yeah, that is the let's say the com one of the companies of the Reply that is uh, working on VR and and XR and uh, these kind of experiences. So my background starts from uh, my university where I, where I studied uh, media and cinema engineering. That is uh, at, at the Polytechnic. That is uh, let's say a uh, university focused on design and production of multimedia content and that leverages on uh, on digital technologies so after you know by the end of the study i with this thesis i also you know developed uh, uh, some uh, projects in in, uh, in vr and so on so i I, be I became very interested in that wave and also uh, to the blockchain and you know gaming experiences so that now uh, it can be called the metaverse. So I was really interested in that. And so joining the company that is working on this in, in Reply was uh, one of the, let's say, uh, natural steps to, to make a good use of those uh, experiences and passions. Yes, absolutely. And it's a, it's a great, uh, thank you for telling us your journey. I think that's, that's actually great to know. Um, let's start with my usual simple but also complex questions. And I always appreciate the diversity of answers we're getting because um, we're always learning something. But anyhow, the first question is, what is the metaverse for you and where do you see the potential? Okay, so uh, for me, the metaverse, uh, let's say, it represents the, um, let's say this uh, hyperspatial and hypermedial internet. So uh, what experiences can, you know, uh, we are immersed in experiences and they are accessible with different uh, windows and, you know, portals, let's say. So um, even though right now the, the, these, um, let's say, the, the most important metaverses are these uh, open worlds gaming, uh, I really believe that uh, much of the interest is this, let's say, uh, spatial computing um, uh, field that you already, of course, know very well, and uh, now has, uh, you know, it's been it's been uh, uh, named the metaverse. But yeah, also right now, Apple has uh, come back to the spatial computing uh, name, also probably to get you know away from the competitor of Meta that is, was. You know, moving all with the, their campaign with the the meta world, so probably for that. But I believe that, uh, for example, one of the uh, most uh, virtuous case is uh, for my let's say way of thinking about the metaverse is the Pokemon Go uh, experience, for example. That in that case is more of uh, let's say the the content that goes beyond the device and you know uh, reclaims the physical world uh, so it's you know uh, encourages people to go 
out of their room, out of their devices to, you know, engage in this augmented reality experience and, you know, also uh, see some places with that, you know, experiences uh, complemented. So I think this is the most interested uh, potential probably for the metaverse that has to come. Yeah, I, I like that uh, also when you're, when you're talking about like augmented reality and you're integrating the real world. And I think this is also a really interesting aspect is like with the metaverse or the real world metaverse to be precise, it's all about also embedding the real world into computing. Mm-hmm. And I think that is, like you're saying, that's a really where it gets really interesting because of course, you know, all these virtual worlds that we might already have, if we look at the existing, you know, multiplayer online games and so on, you already have precursors of metaverse experiences and are fully immersive, fully virtual. That's cool. But I think it becomes really interesting once we can embed real-world signals, real-world um, information into these experiences, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because uh, first, they, they, these open worlds are also walled garden. So they, you know, they, they keep close to each other also for competition and so on. So, uh, and then it, it's something that, gives uh, creates these two different layers instead of you know creating this uh communication between the two so yeah i think uh but i think we will see some some something soon also in that in that area yeah that's cool so let's talk about digital humans and first i would like to ask you what is a digital human and the second aspect of the question is also um, regarding hyperrealism and having very good photorealistic digital humans, right? It's not just about, of course, comically avatars are also cool some sometimes. Um, but uh, yeah, the question is: so, what is a digital human, and why is hyper hyperrealism, and also a believable visual, and also the conversational ap- appearance? So not only the the visual aspect, but also the knowledge base, right? Why is that so important, and how can brands take advantage of that? Absolutely. Um... So yeah, let's say to begin with, uh, the a digital human is basically an interactive three uh, D character that with whom uh, people can users can communicate as a natural and uh, empathic interface uh, with also natural uh, interaction like voice and and so on, and it, it provides uh, information and assistance uh, when um, when used for a big a business context, let's say. Uh, for a brand, of course, the digital human also um, thinks that he is a face for the brand. It also can be used for um, a brand ambassadors uh, context. So also that face, uh, as much as a logo, you can use it with the you know uh, for communication online and so on. So to create, let's say, a full customer experience from you know the awareness to the purchase. Okay. So, but I think that if we can, let's say, make a little step back in, in, in as a context, is it can be clearer why it can be important. Because, for example, uh, let's say today, uh, young users uh, have a lot of you know uh, content around them, so they are seeking um, something more experien- experiential and uh, more imp- impactful in terms of uh, you know emotion and and so on. So. Uh, they prefer maybe um, to to have a really um, strong experience because they are keep 
keep constantly bombarded with content, so they filter it automatically. So, uh, and also the young people are uh, more uh, keen to let's say uh, digital mediated uh, interaction uh, respect to face to face. On the other hand, let's say uh, more ma- mature people. Uh, that are not so used to digital and so on, they um, as probably not once forever to the metaverse, but they prefer instead human touch, so human uh, interaction, and they seek to empathize with the, with the people instead than a machine. So um, right now uh, we are also in um, witnessing the, um, these new you know, boom uh, in the technology sector. So 3D uh, real-time uh, that is very powerful with the Unreal Engine. The cloud computing um, and rendering uh, is very, you know, important to bring that quality into small factors, uh, devices and the web. And then, of course, AI, conversational AI, such as uh, ChatGPT that is let's say, uh, enables this natural conversation. So these social and um, technological uh, uh, context bring the digital human to life. And uh, let's say uh, it's, it's the, the, the time uh, ideal for, for trying to experiment with that. So um, also, if I can say, uh, in this um, context of... Uh, uh, behavioral economics when um, where, where let's say people ha- buy stuff also for uh, how how they feel about the brand and so on so they make decisions uh, not uh, concerning their let's say uh, only their needs but also their their emotions and interests and so on so social norms also so it's important for a brand also to seek uh, an identity and, uh, and try to empathize with the, the identity of their users. So in this case, the digital humans gives that uh, human-like uh, figure that um, helps users to empathize with them. And, and also, let's say, as you said then, as you mentioned, the knowledge base is something that... Um, in this case, the, the ChatGPT gives the conversation uh, that is really natural, but you can train it um, with the, this knowledge base, and then it becomes really aware of the, you know, interest of the um, of the company, of course, and their products. And uh, of course, if they know the users, they can, you know, uh, have their uh, propose the, the the rightful product for them. So. Um, Let's say it, it enables also, let's say, a, um, a more informed choice for the user because they, let's say, they have to, uh, they have the, the chance to really understand the products and what is good for them mm-hmm. and then make a more uh, um, clear decision on the purchase also. So we believe that it's, if it's used well, it's also uh, building more conversions and also more retention in in time so and and uh, I, I agree I mean the getting the knowledge in is a, is a very important aspect um, I mean the visual appearance is important the hyperrealism that it looks believable uh, in a sense of not too uncanny if you will 
Um, but that also, of course, ties into the knowledge base, right? If, if you realize, okay, that digital human doesn't have a good knowledge base and doesn't really understand my problem. And if you're just using, uh, like you're saying, um, the vanilla chat GPT or the large language model as it comes from these hyperscalers, um, you're lagging that. And so that's an important aspect is that you're doing this kind of rack the retrieval augmented generation embedding of your own customer data and um, I don't know, I, likely we cannot uh, mention the, the client here, but um, maybe you can describe it just in a generic term, like a, a solution for a sales assistant, for example, right? Your brand ambassador, um, your assistant. So what, what are some of the, the cases where you see these applied? Yeah, for example, uh, in relation with the product, maybe. Uh, so uh, it, it becomes the digital human because becomes aware of all the information about that product is basically the expert of that product. So you can you uh, ask him or she or um, uh, the let's say information on you know the various uh, customization that you can have maybe also in a product configurator. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, also maybe you can, since that he is an expert, so the, the first case for a product discovery is more of a, let's say an awareness and consideration step in the marketing process. So afterwards it can also become an assistance for, uh, let's say also customer care, for example. So I have a problem, uh, maybe a washer machine, so I can ask for really really the specific problem and maybe the, of course people can say the chatbot already existed but since that they were at, uh, built on states different states it's very difficult to uh, achieve the really your your answer because there is no so much intelligence in those let's say instead in this case it can understand more complex context and help you in that way Another thing can be maybe also uh, exploring some uh, uh, services. So you can ask, okay, I can want I, I want to go to have a trip. Uh, where can I go? This is my interest. They can, you know, sell different kind of services. Maybe also with context of uh, IoT, so uh, weather information and so on. So they can suggest you the best experience to do during a trip, maybe. Yeah. These are the main, let's say, three areas that we are working on with also you know, clients and, you know, also us for designing these, these, these frames for, uh, for working, let's say. Yeah, that, uh, that is pretty cool. And, uh, you know, for, for the product, kind of the product advisor, if you will, um, there's a, is a pretty cool use case there around where um, you can basically talk with as if you would be talking with a human and this digital human has the knowledge around the product and can help you to choose and, and perfect the selections in a, in a way that might be actually behind, beyond a human um, because it has so much knowledge on that customized knowledge base and it's very impressive. Unfortunately, we cannot show it to you, to, uh, to you in the podcast here um, for various reasons, but it's it's pretty pretty impressive and yeah, I mean, there's so many use cases. We we talked about this kind of um, brand ambassador. We talked about the uh, the kind of assistance. What what are some other cases you can imagine? For the brand ambassador, you mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for the brand ambassador, uh, more um, let's say exp 
let's say uh, it can be used for um, more uh, marketing um, use cases. So let's say uh, you have an event or maybe you have, a, let's say you want to communicate with your brand um, as, as you brand with your customers, but you don't want to have a, um, a, a real influencer because also for nowadays they are, you know, framed into your, into your values but maybe tomorrow they they change and they they make something in the public world when where maybe they don't want to you know you don't want to associate with them anymore so in this case the character can be um actually the virtual influencer and we already have different cases that uh, also in in the social media that are really uh, working one of those is uh, Lil Miguela that has more uh, followers of many real world influencers also also because people nowadays don't really uh also for the social context that we we mentioned before they, they don't really seek for a real person but more of the image let's say the values that they speak about okay so they uh, as far as it feels human they, people are going to uh, feel, you know, something for them. So also in uh, for characters in movies, for example, that we feel like if they were real. So these are really powerful uh, chance for, for brands. But what I believe is that that becomes really interested when you can use that uh, character then on the whole customer journey, because then you find you know the the same person the same character in every step you start knowing the company and then you you know have the 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 single the, the same person that accompany you in the whole process of the of the life uh, life cycle let's say of the product so it's very powerful when it doesn't need really um, require that humans are not involved anymore because maybe the same digital human can be, you know, tracked, um, can be, let's say, um, expressing this, the, also the acting of a real person, maybe an expert that uh, helps you and so on. So uh, there we can speak about brand ambassador because it's not a, an assistant with AI. So you can, as a, as a human, speak through them, and, mm-hmm. but it's still the same interface for the company. So I think this is very powerful. Yeah, and it's an aspect also of, of being able to scale. And um, But there's, of course, certain challenges also associated with that, societal challenges, uh, but also technical challenges. And so my last question would be, like, what are some of the current challenges we're seeing and how can we overcome those? And I'm thinking, like I said, about the technical challenges, but also the societal aspects, like, um, you know, think about identity theft. Like that also someone can hide behind an anonymous avatar and, uh, you know, also, of course, things like deep fakes and so on. There's a, there's a very serious aspect to this uh, when we're creating these very realistic digital humans. So what are the challenges, technical and societal, and how can we overcome those? Well, uh, yeah, this is a tricky question, but um, let's say I can have some of my thoughts about it. Let's say, um, yeah, for, for sure that the... Um, the deep fakes are really powerful and also dangerous for if used uh, badly, let's say. But there have been also, you know, studied uh, 
studies that uh, try to uh, uh, understand where where when a content is uh, has been generated by AI, also putting a print, let's say, also when the generation is made. So, yeah, that's it's really tricky question, and it's more of uh, I think. Um, more a, a, a theme of um, giving information to the the audiences that content can be not uh, like let's say not real but let's say it's also able uh, before the deep fake when you could uh, you know create with the compositing and 3d imagery some kind of fake videos so it's more for people that has to be uh, informed and that they don't have to believe and they have to you know dig dig dive they dig deeper deeper in the um, in the information before to believe it uh, true let's say uh, for identity theft le- yes let's say i um, still believe that blockchain maybe can become something that um, will help help these kind of technologies uh, of course apart from the um, bad let's say bad marketing that has uh, become has arrived uh, thanks to you know the um, these two these last two three years when there was a lot of uh, let's say um, bad use of it let's say also in the you know just trying to scale and and gain with the you know these uh, loops of growth and so on so but it can be useful to recognize let's say a digital uh, identity and also to uh, help users to um, also control the, the data that they produce in by you know interacting with these uh, technologies, for example, also ChatGPT. If you write, uh, you, you know, let's say you use it, the, the things that you uh, create, they are also used to train it uh, again and again. So, uh, you know, it, it can be used to also protect your data. And uh, but it's difficult right now with the centralized also systems and so on. So. Uh, it's a tricky, tricky, tricky topic. Let's say, yeah, it it is a, a very much a tricky topic, and I'm still ongoing um, for discussions, obviously, right? And like, how can we approach it the best way? Like we were saying, you know, with blockchain, like let's say the whole idea of decentralized identity that you don't have an identity provider that is a big company. Like right now, right? If you install a new application on your smartphone, you need to sign in usually. And usually it's it's one of these big tech companies that provide mm-hmm. you that are awful, right? And so then you can choose like what kind of account you want to use. But that is, of course, also increasing a lot of power and um, on the big tech vendors, right? And they have a, yeah. like if they decide, oh, you, you don't have an identity with us anymore. Well, that's not just affecting the relationship you have with the company, but all these other services where you're locked in. And so that's, yeah. that's a big challenge from that standpoint, I think. And yeah, yeah go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, it's also, you know, uh, regulations also uh, have been, you know, becoming, uh, arriving, let's say, um, 10 years after the, the mass adoptions uh, in the last 30 years. But 
I think that maybe in uh, Europe something is moving with it's there is a little bit of you know in, uh, foreseeing the problem so uh, I'm really you know I think it's best to be in uh, yeah. in, in, uh, in Europe right now for uh, for digital uh, let's say data uh, probably I don't know yeah. so we are moving good but we have to do much more let's say yeah. so yeah and uh you know i, I just want to finish up what, what i started with basically you have your identity with the cloud provider whatever it is um and the other idea would be it's decentralized it's basically your public key on the blockchain and that's identifying you so kind of public private key identification did decentralized identity and now we can connect our avatar to this right and this is, for example, NFT that is connected with your uh, with your key, and so everyone knows that's you. Basically, of course, this can also be a faked in a sense of that you know, like with NFTs, you know, just pointing to an asset that's stored somewhere. Someone can change that asset that is stored somewhere, so it's not hundred percent foolproof. But I agree what you're saying is like I think in Europe, um, we're on a good track there. The European Commission, in fact, has a consortium around. Um, they call it virtual worlds. They don't use the term metaverse at all, um, but it's going into the direction. But they also have a strategy on Web 4.0, right? We haven't even figured out Web 3.0 yet. <laughs> but uh, hey, let's. I mean, it's good that they have the future vision. They have that on the roadmap. And also, when it comes to identity, that's also on the roadmap, and that's a good yeah. thing. And you know, we need certain regulation. We just have to make sure it's not. You know, overdriving. You know what I mean. It's like not yeah. you know, driving the knob too much because it's hindering innovation at certain points. Yeah, um, yeah, that's 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 right. right. So it's always this fine line. So you got to weigh like you know innovation versus regulation, and you got to find a good middle ground because we we don't want to have the dystopian reality we saw in sci-fi movies. No one wants that, right? Ready Player Me. No one wants that, of course. So we need some kind of regulation also when it comes to AI. At the same time, of course, we cannot afford to be left behind in this world economic, right? So it's like Absolutely. fine balance. Totally agree about it. Yeah, of course. It's not it's not let's say the 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 gear that is evil, but it's more of the the used the the use the use that you do with the gear that yeah. makes evil. So I, I totally agree. Yeah. Well, Sasha, that was a great conversation. Um, unfortunately, we're already at the end of the show, but thank you so much for joining us and sharing your insights. That was very much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you really much. And it was nice to talk to you, Ré, and uh, hope to do it again soon. Awesome. Well, and then thanks, everyone, as usual, for joining us for Meta Minutes, your bite-sized pieces of the Metaverse. Um, if you don't want to miss an upcoming episode, make sure you subscribe to our podcast channel, Reply Podcasts, on all the existing podcast platforms that you love and know. And of course, you can watch the video version of this always on our website, reply.com, where you will also find all the previous episodes. So check this out if you have not done it yet. And again, thank you so much. Take care and see you soon. Bye-bye.